I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You're listening to Episode 20. Uh, We, from time to time, have been spending a a segment or two on this issue of tax reform here in the state of Utah. A lot of reasons to do so. Number one, it's important. Uh, Number two, it has a direct impact on uh, your personal finances. The economy of your household uh, will be impacted. Regardless of how this shakes out, uh, things are going to change. You're going to feel it either uh, in your income tax. You're going to feel it at the grocery store. You're going to feel this someplace, regardless of how this all shakes out. And so up until the deadline uh, of January 21st, is that the deadline? Uh, uh, or, or who knows, if it makes it on the ballot, we're going to cover this uh, until it's behind us. And so uh, we have decided for that reason to dedicate the past two uh, segments uh, to this topic. In the last segment, we heard from the PTA. I've noticed over the past few weeks as we've covered this and it's been covered elsewhere in the news that there is a lot of attention being paid to these groups who are grabbing headlines for their involvement in the signature gathering efforts. Uh, We heard from Harmons last week, had a conversation uh, with the president and CEO of of Harmons. They, over the weekend, allowed their stores to be used, uh, 19 of them around the state, to be used as locations where these signatures uh, could be collected and these packets could be uh, filled out. And then most recently, the reason why it uh, has my attention today, the PTA, uh, Parent Teacher Association, they uh, just last week, their board unanimously voted to get behind uh, this effort. And so I want to be sure uh, that we are covering this fairly. There are two sides to this issue. We've heard a lot uh, from the uh, petition side, the referendum side, the folks who are following the lead of former Utah Representative Fred Cox. Uh, but remember... There is another side to all of this. There is a majority of legislators who said, uh, you know, we ought to reform taxes and we ought to do it in this way. And so they, those elected members of your community, uh, many of you voted for the folks that are up there on the Hill. Uh, they voted to pass these uh, measures. And it's this referendum effort, which is in place right now to upend it. Uh, our guest this segment is Rusty Can. He's going to give us uh, uh, another understanding of what is on the other side of this issue. In that last segment, I misidentified him as coming to us from the Utah Tax Commission. He's, of <laughs> course, uh, not from there. He's from the Utah Taxpayers Association Vice President yes. here joining us in studio. Uh, tell me, you I'm guessing you heard our conversation that I had with uh, the PTA. Let me just ask you very basically, how do you respond to some of their claims? So, our, our and thanks for having me on lead it's been great to be on again uh our concern is that we would want to make sure that everybody has the facts before they consider signing a petition so some of the misunderstandings we've heard as recent as thursday friday over the weekend are are numerous in fact we talked to someone on thursday that actually believed that this bill raises property taxes this bill has absolutely nothing to do with property tax not affect not affected at all. Um, we also had folks that, uh, you know, uh, over the weekend, actually on media, and these is actually and an elected official, say that this bill changes the earmark for education and income tax. This bill has nothing to do with the, in, the earmark for education. That was not a part of this bill. So there's a ton of misinformation. And, and the thought that this 
cuts education funding, this bill specifically, that is not correct. Education funding, as I'm sure you know and a lot of listeners know, that's an appropriations decision that is made every year by the legislature. As an example, the governor just wrote out his budget. He's proposing $4.9 billion be spent on education in the next fiscal year. That's an increase. Why would he propose an increase if we're cutting that education funding? There's just as much money available for education. In fact, there's more because this bill, because in the bill, they changed some of the appropriation to where some of the money being spent out of income tax on higher education was moved back over to the general fund. That freed up over $200 million, that alone, for public education. So we just think there's a lot of misperceptions out there that we're trying to correct, uh, just so people are armed with all of the facts before they sign, you know, consider signing a petition to repeal this. You uh, well, first let's get people some some resources. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a myth, a facts and myths uh, yes. page on your on your website. Where can folks get that info? That's on utahtaxpayers.org. It's on our front page, and it's titled essentially as you as you put it there. It's a press release we put out about a week ago where we just wanted to dispel a lot of the myths uh, having to do with the bill, and uh, it's there for for everyone to use. And and you know, as an example, with education funding in two thousand seven, we cut our rate from seven percent to five percent on our income tax. Income tax, individual income tax revenue since then has gone from roughly two point nine billion to four billion. So as you cut rates, you get more revenue. Typically, that's how tax policy works. So education funding has gone significantly higher since that occurred. So that the same, you know, long-term effect should happen with this as well. Rate to four four point nine five down to four point six six. We would argue that this bill will increase education funding over time as the Utah's economy grows. We're speaking this segment with Rusty Cannon. He's the vice president at the, at the Utah Taxpayers Association. He's joined us before, and he again is, is speaking to us today on the side of this whole tax reform issue. That is. Pro-tax reform. Uh, we, over the past few days, of course, have heard from a number of groups that have uh, put their hand up saying they're before, behind the referendum effort, uh, which we looked at. Uh, I went over to the lieutenant governor's site, and they maintain uh, an accounting of all of the, uh, what do you call them, the uh, certified mm-hmm. signatures uh, in all these packets. It's a complex process to, to gather these signatures, and the bar is pretty high to pull this off. Uh, let me just real quickly uh, share what we know so far. On the 10th of this month, uh, that's the latest data we have available and that is of course i should point out before the Harmons weekend they opened their doors uh, so there were some signatures uh, maybe gathered uh, this weekend that'll come through in big number but right now the total requirement uh, to get this on the ballot in november the requirement the required number of signatures to be gathered by these folks is 115,869 and that stems from a formula that ensures like appropriate representation throughout the counties the that total number is then broken down again by county throughout the state of Utah, and it is a percentage of that uh, county's population that ought to be uh, represented. So, of the 115 some odd thousand required signatures as of the 10th of this month, uh, these folks gathering have 13,000 of them certified. Now, they'll point out, and very fairly so, that there are countless hundreds of packets out there still that have yet to be submitted uh, and that the lieutenant governor's office has yet to to examine and certify is the the word they use once they've uh, looked at one of these signatures and decided that in fact uh, communicates the will of a citizen here in the state of utah so with all that said um it is a it's a difficult 
battle for those folks. Um, and we in the studio today have Rusty Cannon, who's talking to us uh, from the Utah Taxpayers Association about some of the some of the misinformation that is out there, at least in his estimation, uh, regarding the the contents of this tax reform bill and specifically the criticism leveled against it by the folks behind the referendum effort. Sure. One other thing we mentioned as well is, you know, those that would be uh, dependent or are dependent on Social Security. Well, we think a lot of folks possibly signing the referendum are recipients of Social Security. So in the bill is an elimination or through a credit system, an elimination for some low income and middle income senior citizens that receive Social Security, entirely eliminating their income tax due on their Social Security up to about 48,000 or so in joint income and it phases out some from there. So if you do the math, you are possibly repealing a several thousand dollar tax cut for a senior citizen that's low to moderate income. And we would ask people, okay, is that something that you want to do? Is that something you want to put your name on? Uh, we totally understand if it is something you do, but we, we don't know if that's clear to people that that is in the bill. We understand the, you know, the frustration over the raised sales tax on food, but this is another facet of the bill that we think is getting missed. I'll admit it is not a facet that we've discussed here on this program. You use the word possibly. Talk, mm-hmm. to, us, talk to us through the scenarios that could lead to that. Well, because you, you obviously have to talk to your CPA. I am not a CPA. And, and, and you have all kinds of factors coming into your income. But if you have 48000 or less in joint income, there's a credit system now for Social Security going forward that should eliminate uh, your state income tax on those Social Security benefits. So if that's the only stream of income you're getting, you could see that, that income tax liability drop by several thousand dollars. But you do need to talk to a tax advisor to make sure that that would be happening for you. Sure. Rusty Cannon, uh, thank you for your time. Vice President over at the Utah Taxpayers Association. Give thank us you. your website again. Uh, UtahTaxpayers.org. Mr. Cannon here with the Taxpayers Association. He represents the other side of the argument. You've heard over and over from folks who are behind this referendum effort. Uh, well, there's another side. You've heard it here on this program. Live Mike, I'm grateful to you uh, for tuning in and getting your information here. We have a lot still on the program today. I'm particularly excited about this next segment. We've talked about a lot of exciting things. We had a member of Congress in here let us know what his plans are regarding uh, running for governor. Uh, Spoiler, if you're listening on the podcast, he's not running for governor. Rob Bishop decided he's not running. Uh, My mom texted in as well, told me she's not running. Uh, There were some texters here on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. They sent word in saying, yeah, they're not they're going to stay out of the race too. Uh, Amy's still wearing, weighing her options. Producer Amy, she's going to join us in the last segment of the program. We'll have a big reveal. Uh, we'll let you know what Amy's doing regarding her future in the governor's mansion. It's really hers to lose. I mean, it's, you decide, producer Amy. You just if you want to live up in the big house on South Temple, that's yours to you. You decide. She'll let us know here later on in the program. I'm making fun. I'm sorry. The the <laughs> I. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I predicted that the congressman uh, was going to make a different announcement. I was 180 degrees uh, facing the wrong direction. So uh, anyway, uh, trying to make myself feel better by making fun of others. That's how I build myself up. I tear others down. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about World War II. Don't d- d- don't touch the dial. It's going to be exciting. It has to do with POWs, access POWs housed here in Utah and all around the United States. Something I didn't learn in high school history class, uh, but there's something going on up in Tremont, and they'd like to uh, pay some attention on to some things that happened a long time ago. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.